You're listening to ENN Radio, a weekly podcast from Elon News Network that brings you the stories behind the stories. I'm Alex Hager. Thanks for joining us. Elon, how we feeling? One of the first big events in Elon's new arena is in the books after the Shar Center played host to last weekend's homecoming concert. Quinn 92, Sean Kingston, and Jesse McCartney performed in front of an almost sold-out crowd. Not only was it a big test for the new building, but it was also a landmark event for Elon's student union board, the student-run organization that brings entertainers and events to campus. Joining us now is the guy who pulls all the strings, Sub's concert chair, Colton Cataret. Colton, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Alex. Well, we've got a lot of questions about what goes on behind the scenes at this kind of event. So first of all, what were your big takeaways after sh- uh, staging this event? Yeah, so we were super excited to be in Char Center. I think um, looking at the whole event itself, we were working with a lot of different campus partners, um, which I think t- people don't realize. So yes, we bring in vendors and that type of thing. But we learned a lot about how to work with our community here. So not just at Elon's campus, but also the triad area. So we have vendors coming in um, and we learned how to communicate best with them. So that was a huge takeaway. Um, what do we need? Bringing in three artists. I think there's three different personalities and three different sets of riders and, and information that need to be fulfilled that day. And that's something we learned how important and essential it is to just say, have a conversation with someone and say, hey, Alex, here's what I need for this. Here's what I need for that. And make sure that um, that comes together successfully for the show. We also learned about securing spaces. So we moved from a parking lot, which is completely different than than a building um, and sort of what is needed to make sure that people are safe, but also make sure that um, we're just keeping control of a space that has 4,000 people in it um, who are very excited to be there and are excited to see who's on stage. Um, So that was a little bit different. We learned a lot about homecoming and timing. So we moved from sort of a peripheral area on campus to pretty much the center of what is happening on campus for homecoming. And so we had people just showing up during the day coming to see Char, which is exciting because it's a new building. Um, it's an exciting space to see, but also sort of what is safe, what is okay for people to be there. We had people up in the air on 70-foot lifts rigging with things that could really hurt you if it fell from the ceiling. And so managing those expectations, but also welcoming people back to campus was something that we were learning and, and still are learning about how best to manage in that sense as well. So it sounds like it was an overwhelming success, but some takeaways about some logistical issues that you could run into there. One issue that some people identified was sitting up in the mezzanine or sitting in the lower bowl, the floor level of the concert, the the GA level, was definitely not entirely full. Why, Why was that? Yeah, so obviously being up in the uh, mezzanine, you have a great view, but you look down, you see a a quarter, half full floor, and you're like, what the heck? Like, they said it was sold out. Um, So one of the things we learned in Char was that uh, we were the first event that ever had a standing room only floor. And so when you go to a concert at a major arena, they have done it hundreds of times up until you get there. Um, And one thing we learned was the square footage that an actual person takes up. So if you're in a classroom, you take up... I don't know, probably three or four feet by four feet when you're sitting down. And that was sort of what was applied to the space that we were using. So they took the floor space and they said, okay, if you took three feet by three feet for each person, you could fit about 450 people. Now, you're not sitting at a desk at a concert. You are quite literally squished up to the front of the stage. Um, and so that was sort of a balance we played with like local um, government, with like fire marshals and different things to say, well, we want to be able to fit more people, but we've never done it. Um, and so they felt comfortable with the number we used. We know now, next year, like let's pack that floor um, and have a great time. And so that's something even learning about how to best have those conversations, how to um, navigate what is safe versus what is also creating experience for our students and guests. Well, some people definitely didn't take those limits as an answer. We saw a few people jump the barricades from the lower bowl onto the floor level during the concert, and it looked like the security wasn't really in position at the point and had to scramble, and it looked like the police got involved a little bit. What was going on on the floor when that was happening? Yeah, so I think a couple different things came together to sort of create that um, 
event or experience um, during the show. Uh, one of the things was Sean Kingston was not expected to go on the floor. I honestly was shocked. He's a great guy, super cool, but I would not have the stamina to jump off the stage while singing, run around the floor, and get back up on the stage. So that was exciting. I think that created an experience for students that they'll probably never forget. I don't know very many artists who will, quite literally with one security guard who couldn't keep up with him, run around the floor with crazy college students. Um, and that created a problem, obviously. People wanted to be there, and so they were jumping the barricades in that sense. Um, another one was just there wasn't enough barricade. I think we need, we learned that there are natural barricades in Char, um, but that floor piece, not having a full floor, also played into it. So people see an open floor, it's easier to get onto the floor if there's less people, um, but also creating an, an actual barricade that will separate the floor from the uh, lower bowl is important. Um, we uh, adjusted security just based on the fact that people were jumping, but also based on the fact that we want to make sure the artists and the students on the floor as well as our staff felt safe. Um, I think... I, I had this conversation a couple of times, but I look at sort of when students or anyone in general is making a decision at, at that moment. So you're either angry and you're, you have one thing in mind and that's what you're doing, or you're being sort of stupid and making a decision because you want to be somewhere. And I think our students are being sort of stupid at times, like not thinking about the general idea of the concert and the safety. And so that's almost worse because when you're angry, like you have one thing in mind, and that's what you want to do. They were just running. And I think that is what sort of created chaos. Um, I didn't feel unsafe at any time. I just was like, okay, we need to get a little bit of control. I want to make sure like before I put another artist on stage that we feel like we are able to make sure our students are having a good time, but also the artists feel safe. And so um, that's where Jesse came out and actually made uh, a statement about that as well. And he sort of had questions because he actually was watching part of Sean said and sort of saw some of this happen. He's like, I cannot believe he went out there and like was running around. Um, and he loved it. It was great. They both had a great time. But I think it came down to what makes us feel most safe and in control of just the room. Like if something were to happen, if there was an emergency, where are the exits? Are these people safe? What's the deal with that? And so it came down to making sure that our students were safe and our faculty and staff and those people on the floor were also safe too. Now, before the concert even came to town, there was a lot of talk about who would be performing. And obviously that's a decision process that goes on behind closed doors. But there were a lot of rumors swirling that Sub had maybe gotten a bigger artist and that they got away at the last minute. One of the names that was in those rumors was Khalid, the hot young artist out of Texas. He appeals to a lot of college students and people were talking about maybe Sub got him and he got away at the last minute. Is there any truth to those rumors? Yeah, so I think um, when I talk about sort of our selection process, and even this year there were a lot of eyes on our selection process and a lot of hands and, and just voices from around campus and around um, the student body, we look at sort of what is most relevant, but also we talk about what um, relationships we have in the industry. So yes, we are very close with Khalid and his artist team. Um, they actually are John Bellion's managers and, and agents as well. And so we were able to work with them um, to just talk about and have that conversation even as early as last year. We were really interested in bringing him knowing that we have a new building coming um, and just a, a greater budget at that time. Hopefully we were still working through that special allocation request with SGA. Um, and so we were talking to them. I had gone and seen them in Boston when they were playing at uh, the Boston Calling Music Festival. And ultimately, it came down to what the focus of the artist is and what works best for our students and our student body and even our budget. So um, it worked out that he was having an international tour. The date didn't work and just some of the production things that he would need in our building, we just cannot support. Um, there was that. It was nothing super serious at that point, but it's definitely a conversation we we're having. We also talked to probably 30 to 40 other artists outside of just Khalid. Um, and weigh the, those options. So one of the things we talked about this year was do we want an artist that is a bigger name but doesn't have as many songs that people will know or do we want um, a couple artists who have a lot of songs that definitely people would know and enjoy. And I think it came down to having that full experience was I like I don't think there was one song that people did not know that was performed. I mean, obviously Quinn's up and coming, but I still think people here at Elon were excited about 
um, him. He was huge on the survey. And so we were excited about the sort of trio that we were able to bring as opposed to bringing one artist that was like eh, on the line. Um, and, and so, yes, there definitely were a lot of rumors. There always is every year. And it's sort of exciting to hear some of those ideas and sort of um, hear what the pulse of the students is and sort of react to that as far as um, who we're bringing. All right. So one last question before we go, and that is, what did you learn from this concert? Obviously, you're a senior. You're going to be graduating, and you won't be around to help plan the next one. But the sub team is going to have some takeaways from this first concert in Shar Center before they plan the next one. Yeah. So I always say how important our campus partners are, but this year was um, no exception to that. I think it took it the next to the next level. We had people from all over campus just there to support us, which was awesome throughout the two day setup process as well as the show itself. Um, we learned what an awesome place Shar is to have a concert. The sound was amazing. I was worried about that, um, but it ended up sounding awesome. I think uh, we worked with our audio and light partners to make sure that that was a positive experience. Um, the last thing is a two-day setup process is something that we are not used to or prepared for. Um, it ended up being about 48 straight hours of setup. So we started Friday morning at 8 and then continued right through um, Saturday and through the concert and then started cleaning up after. Um, we paused for about four hours. I think that was something I wasn't prepared for. Um, having sleep and needing it is completely different. I think I slept for probably 13 straight hours after, which is different. Um, and then the last thing was just understanding how you fit into the overall homecoming picture. Uh, we worked with numerous campus partners um, from advancement to moving and setup. And I think uh, being on the outskirts of campus in years past was something that sort of isolated us. This year, we were quite literally the center of what was happening. And being able to adjust and be a part of that while also continuing what we're doing is really important um, to be sustainable for future years and support not only what we're doing, but everyone else is huge. That is Colton Cataret, Subs Concert Chair, who I'm sure has a lot of weight off his shoulders after that homecoming concert is in the rearview mirror. Colton, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Tonight, Elon Men's Basketball has a landmark game lined up. The Phoenix are opening a new era by hosting the Carolina Tar Heels in Shar Center. They'll be taking on one of the most storied programs in the history of the sport and a team that comes in ranked number eight in the country. We've got sports director Jack Haley here to talk about tonight's matchup. Jack, let's get right down to the brass tacks. It's going to be an uphill battle for Elon. What would they have to do to win? Well, it certainly is going to be an uphill battle. There's no doubt about that. But really what Elon needs to do is they need to play their game. It's going to fall on the backs of seniors like Steven Santa Ana, Tyler Sebring, Danon Swoop to make sure that they at least make this competitive. They need to slow the game down. They need to play with their tempo, their style. And most importantly, they can't be forcing bad shots early in the game, trying to play quote-unquote hero ball to get the crowd going. It's already going to be energetic. They just need to make sure that they're playing their style of basketball. UNC comes in with a lot of clear advantages here. They're the number eight team in the country, and Elon was projected to finish near the bottom of the CAA. What's going to be the hardest thing for Elon to deal with against a superior opponent? One of the things is just uh, the athleticism of UNC, the height. Uh, UNC is coming in with three players at 6'10 or taller. That is something that they're not going to be able to really compete with on the boards. So uh, instead of fighting for rebounds, making sure they get back, get set on defense um, and ball movement, uh, they probably won't be able to work too well down low in the post, so they need to move the ball outside in the perimeter and, again, be taking good shots. Size and athleticism, always an issue when you have a little team like Elon taking on a bigger team out of the ACC like UNC. Now, we've got the men's game coming up tonight, but the basketball season actually already got started in Shar Center back on Tuesday when the women's team took on Carolina. They lost 100-69. to Obviously tough to go toe-to-toe with a team out of the ACC like that, but what are your takeaways from watching that one? 
The biggest takeaway is that it is going to be a growing process for the women's team. This is, again, one of the youngest teams in the country on the women's side. Uh, five freshmen and a lot of inexperienced sophomores. No seniors on the team, only two juniors. Uh, it's going to be a learning process, learning how to work together as a team and buy into Coach Smith's uh, coaching process. Also, injuries could play a big factor with Jada Graves and uh, Jalen Powell both going down with what looked like could be season-threatening injuries in their first game Tuesday night. Uh, but for Coach Smith, it's next next girl up, and she noted that you're going to take bumps and bruises, you're going to take a beating early, but as long as you're gelling at the right time, they can be successful. So she's not too worried about trying to compete for a third CAA championship in a row. Well, it is a long season to go for both teams, but a few things to learn here early on. And remember, the men play tonight at 7 on campus in the Shar Center. That's ENN Sports Director Jack Haley with all the insight. Jack, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of ENN Radio. Remember to check out elonnewsnetwork.com for all the news you need to know when we're not on the air. You can catch our weekly television broadcast on Monday nights at 6 and pick up a copy of The Pendulum on Wednesday mornings. We'll be back next week with more stories from campus and beyond. I'm Alex Hager. Have a great weekend.